from St. Joseph, Missouri, here is Travis Lee Hartman. Give it to me, B Money. Give it to me, B Money. I'm going to give it to you. Ooh. And I'm going to show you what I got. That's what she said. Wait. Yeah, she could say that. Well, yeah. Welcome to the next installment, the next episode of Wayne In with Travis Hartman, episode 49. I am B Money, the producer. That over there is Weekend Trav. We are coming to you from the TH Boxing Facility, also one of our media partners. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to them, as well as Gulfstream Financial, as well as IF Enterprises. Thank you so much for your partnership on the media front. Um, Weekend Trav, it's always a pleasure to be back with you here filming the latest episode of the podcast. To clarify, this is Wayne in with Travis Hartman. All uh, a a solid name, (laughs) not a portion of a name. It's the whole name. Wayne in with Travis Hartman. That over there is Travis Hartman. Hi. That there's B-Money. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Um, so we're back here. Uh, it's been about a week since we last filmed. Weekend Trav, tell me what's going on. How, how was your week there, buddy? You know what? It was a very solid week. Um, we, we live in a very, very amazing country. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because, as you know, and you've recognized it, today is the 76th anniversary. 77th. 77th? 77th. Anniversary of... Um, D-Day. The Battle of Normandy. Yeah. They D-Day. stormed the beaches D-Day, of Normandy. Yep. Uh, it was a, a joint effort on the Allied forces back World War II. Really a changing point of the war and really for the history of our world, to be honest with you. Yep. Uh, a very monumentous event that I don't think gets a lot of press or a lot of headlines anymore just because it's, it feels like it's just been so long ago. And, and most does. of those soldiers that survived from that are, are long gone and, and passed away. There's only a handful remaining. Uh, but I think it's important in today's day and age we can travel to, to just recognize that, look back in our history and on uh, monumental events that brought us together and we worked collectively with our allies. I think it's very important that guys like us now, we're getting of age, we're both over 35 years old, we're getting of age that I think it is up to us to continue to pass on um, our history. And what I mean by that is I've been watching so many videos of people when they tell them, ask them what war this was and who was involved in this war, what was this war about, blah, blah, blah. Most of the people that I see, they have no idea what happened at the Battle of Normandy, what happened when they stormed the beaches of Normandy, what it was even about, World War II, 1944. Like most people don't even, they've heard of the name Hitler, yep. but then they don't know the context. Of, you know why they named the name Hitler? Because everybody likes to bring it up about Donald Trump. He's Hitler, all this stuff. Not but even but close. they actually, he's not even close. Yeah. If they actually knew the history of what Hitler did and the Nazi regime, they would actually know that we've never had a president in our lifetime that was even close to what Hitler was. was. Yeah. So it's our duty, I think, and that's why I'm glad that we brought it up a little bit, that we need to continually talk about little things like that because this is a monumental time. Can you imagine being 20 years old, storming the beaches of Normandy in France? You're literally plunging into death. Most of those people did not make it yeah, out. And that was kind of the middle age range. I mean, you're talking 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you pour through the photos and the articles and the interviews of, of soldiers that were a part of that and are obviously old men now or have, have since passed, it's just incredible. Like, we, we live in such a quick-take uh, culture where historical events are like this and we move on to the next thing. 
and we don't actually get to, we don't take the time to revisit amazing events like that that really show the true grit of, of, of humanity when collectively, not just the U.S., but when British allies, uh, French allies, all, everyone came together to topple evil. And so it's, it's pretty incredible to me. So this is the 77th anniversary, 77th anniversary as you mentioned, uh, here on June 6th. So, um, you know, just uh, I, I like to look back on things like that and realize we've come so far. Yeah. So far in so many decades. But this weekend trap is not a World War II podcast because we wouldn't have given enough credibility. We wouldn't have enough of the stats, enough of the details to make this a credible World War II podcast. Nay, this is just barely a credible Beards, Bourbon, and Boxing podcast, according to some naysayers. Nay, I say. I'm just kidding. This is actually the number one Beards, Bourbon, and Boxing podcast filmed in Orlando, Florida, specifically Laureate Park, specifically inside of a boxing gym, filmed on a Sunday or Monday, today is Sunday. (laughs) We're back to it. So, you know what? Listen... We're number one in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. In the world. Give us the credit, people. We're number one in the world. Wayne Young, Travis Hartman. Awesome podcast. Be money. Weekend Trav. Whole world. We're champion of the world. Okay. I'm but, gonna, yeah, I want to give a shout out to another number one. I'll give it to us. Who's another got, number got? one, our media partner, TH Boxing, the facility we're in right now. If you go to a little website that I think is still relevant called Yelp. Orlando, Florida, Central Florida area. The number one boxing gym in Central Florida is Travis Hartman Boxing. Travis Hartman Boxing here at TH Boxing. I have 132 search results of boxing gyms in Orlando, Florida, and the surrounding areas because Kissimmee and a bunch of other places are on that list. It's actually, if you go to Google and you Google the best boxing gyms in Orlando, Florida, I am the first non-paid advertisement ad that comes up. Not ad. It's not an ad. I'm the first link, and it's Yelp. Click Yelp. So Yelp is actually very popular because they're number one on Google search engine. So I am the number one boxing gym in Orlando, And trust Florida. me when I say this. I know for a fact this man isn't paying Google a dime. Um, I, mean, I promise I, you that. Heck, here we are, YouTube owned by Google, and I know we're not paying <laughs> for anything here. On, we're getting, on two, YouTube, we're getting two views now. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's the shout-outs. But we want to get Appreciate to bo- the love. We want to get to boxing stuff. Uh, because it feels like we're kind of in this weird malaise. We talk about a lot of these bouts coming up, and we're still going to talk about that. Even today, Weekend Trav, what is it? Right now we're filming at 6.45 on Sunday evening, and what should be occurring in about an hour and 15 minutes is? The circus is ensuing. Barnum, they said Barnum and Bailey went bankrupt, but I don't think they mm-hmm, did because mm-hmm. I think Barnum and Bailey is down in Miami, Florida mm-hmm. at the Hard Rock um, Stadium right mm-hmm. now, which we're talking about Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. YouTubers, I'm about to get shadow banned even worse on YouTube, but YouTubers, I know that you love Logan Paul. I have many people that I train that love Logan Paul. Logan Paul is going to get his butt kicked tonight. Cheers to the guy for being able to make himself so relevant that he's stepping into the ring with arguably one of the greatest of all time. Right. Arguably. I'm not saying he's the greatest, but arguably he's one of the greatest of all time in Floyd Mayweather. So cheers and props to Logan Paul for even talking himself into that arena. But my personal opinion, I just put it out there on Facebook as well, that this is 
Logan Paul is 190 pounds. I think he's four or five inches taller than Mayweather. Mayweather's like 155 pounds. Everybody thinks that the height and B money, I think you believe it as well. The height's going to give him problems. I think it will for about a minute. And then Mayweather's going to figure it out. And everybody doesn't think that Mayweather's going to hurt this kid. I think Mayweather's going to hurt this kid. He is going to tattoo him extremely hard. And even though he's 155, I've been in the ring with some of the best 154 and lower pounders in the world. And some of those guys literally hit harder than some of the heavyweights that I've sparred with. So these guys can hit hard, especially when, in all fairness, Logan Paul is 0-1 as a professional boxer. Mm -hmm. He probably would be 0-1 as an amateur boxer too, depending on who he fought. But it's a different level. It's a different caliber. You are literally at the upper echelon of boxing when you face a guy like Mayweather. So you could be 300 pounds and brand new, and I'm telling you that Mayweather is going to hurt this kid. I think he's going to hurt this kid before eight rounds. It's an eight-rounder, scheduled for eight rounds, eight mm -hmm. three-minute rounds. Logan Paul is in phenomenal shape if you look at the kid. He's a bodybuilder, essentially. He looks amazing, mm -hmm. training his butt off. I know people that were in his camp. Matter of fact, funny story, didn't tell you this beforehand, but there's a kid named Lydell Rhodes who okay. I fought in the, in the pros. I lost a decision to him in six rounds. His trainer was Floyd Mayweather Sr., Lydell Rhodes was in training camp with Logan Paul. I'm really good friends with him. I just spoke to him probably about four hours ago. Mm -hmm. And he says, Logan Paul's legit. He is. He's like, he's not legit, meaning the kid actually is training his butt off. He's bringing real people. And he's sparring with them now. But he's like, no chance. He even has a shot at beating Mayweather. Mm. He goes, if he lasts eight rounds, I would be shocked. If he lasts eight rounds, he goes, that's a win. And I agree. If he actually lasts eight rounds with Mayweather, that's a win in his book. We're but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're so fascinated, Weekend Trav, as the years go by. Every time you get one of these circuit-style matchups, you get a legit boxer, and in this case, arguably one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time, yeah. against someone from the outside, an athlete. Not just some random schmuck off the road. To but be fair, he is an athlete. Yeah, that's why I don't want to take away from that. But we get so fascinated because part of us wants to root for the outsider coming in, taking down the guy on top and the king of the mountain, right? Um, People love an underdog. They really so, do. So we're, we're kind of putting our neck out here because this, this uh, video and podcast, the audio track, and even the video will post after this fight's over. Um, so we might be calling it completely wrong here. We, I hope that's a testament to what we're going to call it. I them. mean, so, so once again, we're time stamping here. It's 6.50, June 6th, 6.50 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The fight's in about an hour or so. I don't know. So this might post later tonight, maybe even on Monday. I'm not sure. But you're going out stating no way in heck. Man, what are you doing fiddling with that thing? <laughs> yep. All I'm hearing I'm is, listening. Yeah, but all I'm Sorry. hearing is you click, 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 Sorry. click, click. I was on a rhythm. So, they're fighting tonight. We're filming tonight. It's not going to post till the fight's over. You're calling Mayweather, you know, basically stoppage. There's no judges. So, to actually get a winner of this fight it has to go to the ref, right? It has to be a stoppage of some sort, correct? Yes, and I'll, I'm going to read you exactly what I have posted in my prediction. Okay. My prediction via my Facebook, and I've posted on our Instagram, Weighing In With Travis Hartman page as well. And also, we're on Facebook and Instagram, Weighing In With Travis Hartman. You can find us on all the socials. Um, I think we even have a trailer account still, but that's about to be bankrupt. Been on there for a so bit. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't matter. Probably for sure, because yeah. they overpaid boxing matches. Yeah. So, here's my exact word for word. 
Logan Paul's height will make it awkward for literally a minute. Logan Paul will land a couple good shots that will make his fans be like, wow, he just landed one shot on one of the greatest fighters of an era, which is pretty phenomenal. It is. That's not, not bad. But then, in typical Mayweather fashion, he computes data early, then yeah. goes to work. He will toy with Logan Paul before he ultimately beats him down so bad the referee will step in. He's lucky that this is just an exhibition because Paul would get hurt even worse than he already is if Mayweather was actually training for a full camp. Yeah. And I do believe that. And that's not to take away. I, Mayweather keeps telling everybody he barely trained. He was still training. We know he was. Guy's this guy been, lives in the gym. Guy's he looks been good. working out constantly ever like 40, since his last fight. 42, 43 years old. Yeah. This was what people don't see about Mayweather because he's so hard to like because of his personality. But this guy, to this day lives in the hardest, gym. One of the hardest working guys in boxing. And I've constantly sure. told people, if you take the emotional um, feelings away from all of this, you look at him professionally, what he does in the ring and in the gym, in my opinion, that's what makes him one of the greatest fighters of all time. One of, because I hate the number one, but he's one of because of his work ethic. This guy was extremely talented. He's God-gifted for sure. But on top of that, one of the hardest working boxers I've ever seen. Not boxers. He's one of the hardest working athletes, athletes yeah. I've ever seen. So, so my thought is this on this fight, once again, posting after the fight's over. So we have a little risk there with how we do this. I think you're right. More than likely. Um, I don't really have a, a, you know, a dog in the race on this. If the, here's how I could see Logan winning. He's got to hit him hard early and rock him. He's got to change it early. The first minute, like you mentioned, if he can get any of those shots off in the first minute and it just completely befuddles Floyd Mayweather, that's his only shot. You're not going to befuddle the but greatest you're not, of all time. But you're not. You would have to hit him with some rain from hell, which it doesn't rain in hell. You'd have to hit him some some really hard stuff in order for that to happen. I just don't see it. He's, he's much bigger compared to Floyd. What was it, 35-pound difference, 30-pound difference? Yeah, 30-pound difference. And like, I, Height, reach, all Mayweather's those things. 5'8". Logan Paul, I think, is 6'1 or 6'2". So do the math, 5, 6 inches, whatever it is. Yeah, he's got every advantage in the world. But also, I mean, no, it's, it's David versus Goliath. It, yeah. Who won that match? Yeah, and I, I, would, I would almost say that. It's hard to put Floyd as a David in this situation versus Logan Paul as, yeah, it's not a good comparison, as a actually. Goliath. So that's tonight. The height-wise it is. That's tonight. That's the circus fight. Uh, we have another circus fight coming up in August. Maybe we'll talk about that uh, a little bit uh, further into this podcast. But we can travel. Let's pivot. Let's get away from this thing going on in Miami here. Let's get away from the legal bank robbery that's going on that's right now. That's what it is. They're, they're it's money rob- grab. And you know what the banks are? Everyone that's paying 50 bucks to watch this. And, and that is the bank, and you're being robbed right now. And So let's move on from and the, the Paul And the Paul camp and Mayweather camp, they're laughing all the way to the bank. There's a reason why Barnum and Bailey went bankrupt, because the circus is out of business. So I don't think that this fight is going to get as many views as they think. No. Maybe it will. I don't know. But I digress. Yeah. So we're going to talk. Uh, we have some things coming up this month. It's June. But still, same city in Miami uh, where we have Teofimo Lopez taking on George Cambosis, June 19th. Big match. That's Triller's, probably Triller's last, I would think, last pay-per-view because that is a dumpster fire. Triller is a dumpster fire. Oh, my goodness. They've lost everything other than Teofimo Lopez that they can pull money from. Snoop Dogg and Teofimo Lopez. Jake Paul's gone. Tyson says he's never fighting for Triller again. What do you got left? And, and, and even Tiafimo Lopez never really signed with them. They no. just bought the fight. Correct. They bought a title fight. Correct. Which they were legally obligated now to put that fight on. So, um, 
we both talked about this though we said it i we were like i gave them to the end of the year it looks like it might be sooner than that but i thought at the end of the year they would be done because they're not a boxing platform period they overpaid but maybe they overpaid for a reason there's a demographic there's a science behind what they did for sure they were targeting a certain group although as boxing people like us boxing knowledgeable people we knew that wasn't going to last though not on the boxing platform part so we knew it wasn't but i'm so happy that now we're talking about real boxing yeah and tia from lopez and george Cambosis. so we got this in just under two weeks um coming to you from miami some random facility i've never heard of which doesn't speak well uh, to the whole situation but it could just be a renaming though of something major i really too. hope so but who knows but Teofimo lopez big name he's created this name for himself he's a holder of belts this is for i think three of them right mm-hmm and uh, this could possibly set up something we'll talk about in a few minutes as well. But Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosis, I think we'll probably talk a little more specifically about the matchup next week. Yep. But quick take here. A better fight than most think. Yeah. It is. I, listen. Dangerous I still, fight, I think, for Teofimo. Dangerous is the good word for it because I don't think this guy's going to end up beating him. But I do think this fight is going to be more dangerous than they're expecting. However... I do think that Tiofimo Lopez, and I said this on our previous show, I think episode 48, that he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he should, because a lot of people don't think that he beats a healthy and uh, fair Lomachenko. And Lomachenko's getting ready to fight, too. We'll talk about that next. But um, I think Tiofimo's got a chip on his shoulder, and he should. He should be training with that chip on his shoulder, because this kid is young. He's only won one big fight, and it was Lomachenko. A massively big fight, who I didn't think he was going to win that fight. So... I think he's going to really try. I think you're going to see the 100% best Tiafoma Lopez that you've ever seen. And if this was a different circumstance, meaning if this was like a tune-up fight for Tiafomo, I think George Cambosis might have a shot at beating him. Mm. But because I know that Tiafomo's got a chip on his shoulder, I think he's been training his butt off. Yeah. He's coming. He's definitely coming to win. But Cambosis is not going to lay down. He's a 25-0 guy. Even though this is a setup fight for something bigger for Lopez, I think they picked a guy who is going to bring out the best in Tiafomo, though, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, definitely a dangerous fight. We'll talk a little more in depth about it next week. This is uh, So this is going to be June 19th. However, let's talk about, you know, we talk about the setup fight. Well, it takes two uh, situations to set up this major fight that we would hope we would see later on down the road. But Lomachenko's back. He's off of surgery. He's rehabbed. He's training. He has a fight. On June 26th, uh, June 26th in Las Vegas against Nakatani. Don't know his first name because I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry, the Naka- Nakatani camp. But Yoshi Nakatani. There we go. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, Lomachenko I know it's is back. Now, when we rewind it, when we go back to Lopez versus so, so Lomachenko. Flashback. Lomachenko, they knew going in, shoulder was messed up. That's part of the contract. That is fact yep. that both camps knew that. Teofimo Lopez won. I think that was pretty obvious as he you did. watched the whole thing. He won that fight. But he it did. still went to the judges. It did. Scorecards, yep. Still went to the scorecards. So do we see a better version of Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosis? I really hope so. Because Lomachenko's back too because he has something to prove. If anyone has a chip on his shoulder or maybe a chip removed from his shoulder, hey, hey it's Lomachenko. So, I see what you did there. So give me a quick rundown on that. It's interesting timing because it came out of nowhere, Weekend Trav. It's very interesting timing because if you do even further rewind, Weekend Trav has said this many times, when you know when they're trying to set up two fighters to fight, if they fight within a couple of weeks of each other, guess what? Lopez is fighting the 19th. Lomachenko's fighting the next weekend. Yep. So 
while they while the fighters might not know that that's what's going on i'm telling you the promoters do because after every big fight a fighter needs a proper amount of time off uh-huh. so if you're fighting a week apart you both are taking the same amount of time off right. essentially so another fight is easily going to happen so i think what we're going to see is this my prediction is tifoma wins lomachenko wins the next fight they're going to fight each other again it's going to be tio lomachenko two and what? I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. And you know why? Because I think Lomachenko is going to win the rematch. And then we're going to get a trilogy, which is deserved. Because those guys deserve those t- type of fights. Boxing deserves those type of fights. And you know what, B-Money? Speaking of this circus, I do have to weigh in on this. Is that everybody's like, oh, these YouTubers are ruining boxing. Logan Paul's ruining boxing. Jake Paul's ruining boxing. You sent me a, a meme that was very correct. Mm-hmm. Those guys aren't ruining boxing. If anything, they're actually helping it a little bit. What's ruining boxing is the top guys not fighting each other. Crawford, Spence, mm-hmm. those guys. It's, that's the reason. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. Okay, And that's not the fighter's fault. Okay, It's not. That's the promoter's fault. So I've always said this. Before the circus act of YouTubers came into place, that... Promoters ruin boxing. They do. They think they're promoting boxing, but in my opinion, they push a lot more fans away than they actually have. I think a lot of the fans that are with boxing, they're with boxing lifelong no matter what sure. because they're boxing fans. Sure. So those promoters, I don't give them credit for that because those boxers are traditional boxing fans. They don't give a crap who's fighting. They'll watch because they're traditional fans. Right. But I think promoters ruin it because... They take advantage of that, thinking that they're doing a good job patting themselves on the back because people are tuning in, when really they could have more fans if the best fought the best. Exactly. That's what's wrong with boxing. Not the YouTubers. People. YouTubers aren't ruining boxing. If anything, they're helping it a little bit. They are. Promoters of boxing, the TV networks, take notes. You guys are hampering boxing. I don't like the word ruin because boxing's peaking still you're not ruining it but you're not helping it well let's talk a little bit about that uh, you bring up an interesting topic because i'm looking up what i sent you and you're right it, it it says you know it shows a picture of jake paul floyd mayweather as well as uh, and, and logan paul jake paul floyd mayweather and logan paul and says this is who's supposedly hurting boxing how about no spence versus crawford how about no joshua versus wilder which you know i don't know if we want to even see that anyways no joshua versus fury we have uh, no tank versus a top heavyweight you know have no shakur versus valdez we have no ryan garcia versus anybody you know mental health is important but you also can't make comments directed at devin haney saying that you would have slept him if you're taking some time off for mental health that's an oxymoron brother so you might want to stay off of the instagram and the twitters that sort of thing. So there's a lot of stuff. Let me ask you this weekend, Trav, because we talk about the promoters that are kind of ruining this. Do you feel or do you think at this point you're getting to a situation where maybe some of these fighters are also hiding behind the promoters a bit? They might be able to say, oh, yeah, I'm ready for so-and-so, but then they don't push it with their promoter. Yeah, I mean, but I'll, I'll, I will say there's a couple fighters that I, I absolutely don't think are doing that. And those a couple of those fighters, just off the top of my head, are Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. I do not think either one of those two, for sure, are hiding behind their promoters. I think they want to fight, for sure. Um, the rest of the people, I don't know. I mean, I think Ryan Garcia is a tough kid. We witnessed how tough he actually was. We were live for the Luke Campbell fight. We were literally ringside. 
for that fight when he got dropped by Luke Campbell, got up and fought his butt off. So we were there for the kid to watch how tough he actually was. But um, this whole break about mental health, mental health I, I'm not really sure what was going on with that because, like you said, he literally said something about the, the, fight, the, the uh, Devin Haney fight. Mm-hmm. He was talking smack. So I'm like, you're taking a break from mental health, brother. I'll, I'll, I'll commend you if that's what you're doing, but then you come out and start tweeting and Instagramming that you will sleep a guy yeah. after you after you personally pulled out and you should have already been fighting because he fought in January, B-Money, because we were there. Yep. He should have already had another fight. And well, we know remember, that. I mean, listen, Pacquiao was thrown out there. Like we were, we were piecing things together that was like, oh, wow, okay. We're, we're going to start seeing some things with, uh, with, uh, with Garcia. And it ended nothing. up being nothing. Yep. And that's fine. I get it as a mental health issue, but I think somebody needs to coach him appropriately on how to transition back into the limelight when it comes to fighting again. Um, I mean, does all he need was 45 days? What was that, enough for a family vacation? Listen. I'm going to be a little critical here because I'm not critical of folks that have mental health breaks. I'm not going to be critical of the girl, the tennis player, whatever. I'm just saying. I will. You can't, well, yes, but you can't clamor for that mental health and then keep chirping from the sidelines. Yep. Okay? That's like... That's like the bench warmer in basketball chirping at the star players on the court. Yeah. You know what? Your butt's not out here playing because you're not good enough to play with us. Quit, shut your mouth. Listen, and th- I think this actually goes back to what we first talked about when we first sat down here tonight, and it was about the, the men that – I don't know if there was women at the time in, in the war by then, but the battle of Nor- – the, the, the storm of the beaches of Normandy, the men – who you don't think they had mental health issues going into battle, knowing that their death was ahead of them? Imminent. Okay. Imminent, so, yeah. This is what I want to say to athletes. I do appreciate what they go through because I've been there. A million times I've been there, okay? I've been in the position of I don't want to talk to the media. Uh, I don't want to do all this stuff. I've had so much anxiety going into, dude, I'm from a town with a population 400, okay? I'm fighting on HBO pay-per-view, and I'm sitting there in front of media and all that stuff. You don't think that I had freak out moments? It's part of the sport. Well, and let me pause you there too, because it's not only you directly, but you also as confidant and, and, and now spouse of a, of a professional athlete, you get the take too when, when the cameras are off. You understand it too from that standpoint, not just what you go through, mm-hmm. but with your, the, your closest confidant in your wife. Yep. What she goes through when the cameras are off and the stress and the pressure. So we all get the stress and pressures. We all have the mental health issues. And I'm 100% okay with somebody being open about that. But don't use that as a springboard for some, um, I don't know, to promote yourself a little bit more. Or to say, eh, I don't want to play by the rules because I feel a little sad today. Yeah. Here's the deal. This is, and I'm so glad you brought that up too because I've been by Irina's side we've been together nine years now she's been pro a little over 10 years so what she's went through personally I I'm a manager administrator on her Facebook page literally during her and reason I became an administrator on her page was because literally during a match these betters are betting and they're and if she loses a set and she wasn't supposed to these betters are messaging her page i hope you die of cancer i hope your mother dies of cancer this has been happening for like 10 years so my job as a spouse is to i delete those messages so she never has to read them 
but she's read them, many of them, because she gets them on her personal Instagram page, and that's her personal page, so I don't have access to that, so she gets them all. We've screenshotted them and seen them. I'm telling you, people do some really bad stuff. I genuinely do believe, though, to be fair, for Osaka, I'll give her a little credit, meaning that I feel like women tennis players on tour, they go through a lot of hate. They do. But it's not from the media necessarily. It's from the outsiders, the betters. So I would like to talk a little bit about Naomi Osaka. She has to realize a couple of things that mental health is important, 100%. Do not disagree. But she has to realize it's the same reason why NFL players, NBA players, boxers do media. Keeps our sports relevant. Uh We are here not just to compete in something that we love to do. We're here to to constantly grow our sports for Uh the next generation, right? Uh So there's a a tennis tournament right now going on. It's called Roland Garros. It's the French Open. It's in Paris, France. Do you realize that if it wasn't for the media, we wouldn't know of anything that's going on? Of course. So the media, while I do not like a lot of sports media because I think they're assholes, Sorry, they are. Some of you guys are. They say a lot of things that I don't agree with. However, I tolerate it. I put up with it because I know that ultimately I can also bring them around and be on my side. And what I mean by that is a guy who's genius at that is Roger Federer. This guy has used the media to benefit his career and to springboard his career. Winning helps for sure. But here's my thing is Naomi Osaka... There's rules in place and there. It was long before her. Yep. You talk to the media or you get fined. Yep. That's not just tennis, okay? Yep. I remember a case of Marshawn Lynch Absolutely. in the NFL. Absolutely. He went out there and that's why actually I don't agree with a lot of stuff Marshawn Lynch does, but I loved how he handled it. He came out there, he sat down, he goes, I don't want to talk to you guys. I'm only here so I don't get fined. Yep. Everything that you ask me, I'm going to say no comment. He sat there, they asked him questions, no comment, no comment. Yep. And then guess what? He left, and he collected a really fat paycheck in his NFL career because of that. Naomi Osaka, you're young. I get it, but guess what? Every player before you and every player after you is going to do that because, right. because of multiple reasons. They're promoting their sport. Don't let a, a journalist win, and you're letting him win by doing that. You had a $15,000 fine. Guess what? Show up. I know that you're going through a lot of stuff because as a professional athlete, I've been there. I haven't been where she's at because she's won multiple Grand Slams and she's young. Not claiming that I've been at that level because I have not. However, I'm claiming that I understand a little bit of that stress. And at the end of the day, if you want to be great and you want to collect those $50 million paychecks a year, Mm. this is what comes with it. We're in an age to where people think that they can get stuff and don't have to go through anything. They're sacrifice. Yeah, and, and so we're not here arguing whether or not, because some of the media will argue whether or not it's relevant for her to have these mental health issues because of her, the money she makes and, and her successes. We're not arguing that at all. At all. And here, I'll actually take it a different step further. I think part of the problem is how the media catapulted her several years, a few, only a few years ago, to basically being the second coming of Serena Williams. That's what I'm saying. Great point because they did. They also put her on the that poor, The poor girl. Okay, so and I'll, so I'll give her a little bit of love here, a little grace here. The poor girl. She was put right in that light because she played the one tournament extremely well. Okay? And so all of a sudden they have now this because uh, well, she's mixed race, correct? 
Yes. So they have this mixed race she athlete. Japanese. Young, she was like, young mixed race athlete, yeah, very, seemingly very humble, whatever else. It was a great media darling story, and a lot of pressures mounted from that. And I'm sure she's I – don't, I don't follow tennis like you do, so I'm sure she's won, but probably not as much as they were hoping she would. No, she has. Oh, she has? Okay, well, I'm wrong. Um, but that pressure – They built her up. Yeah. They built her up, but they the did. people around her didn't help to insulate it either. I mean, we're all people. We're all human beings. And, and we can argue all day long that, well, because they make so much money, they should be fine with it. No, money doesn't make or break everything. It's nice to have it in the bank. But still, when you go to bed, you're not necessarily counting your money. You're thinking about the pressures of your day and all the crap you just had to deal with. But to your point, yes, those rules are in place. You know very well what, you, what your responsibilities are when you show up to the field, to the court, to, to the clay, whatever it is. When you show up, you already know what your responsibilities are. You have to yep. follow through if you want that paycheck. Yep. When I go to work, I know what I got to do in order to collect revenue. I, I know what I have to do. I can't just be like, man, I'm in here, but I don't feel like doing it today. I don't want to do this, but I still want to get paid for I need a personal day, day or whatever. Whatever. So let's shift, though, back because this isn't a tennis podcast either. Your wife, however, is on a great tennis podcast. Um, by the way, sh- my wife beat Naomi Osaka, and I was there for it. Yeah, yeah. So props to you. Um, so we're talking about uh, uh, Garcia, right? Yeah. And we're talking about how you can take your time. Great. 100% advocate of that. do not fault him. He, do he not fault up, that. manned up. He manned up and said, guess what? I am mentally not really strong right now. now. I need a break. Now, also, to be fair, we were also there backstage in Dallas, Texas, while he's coming out as a king on a throne to his to his fight and he wasn't exactly looking like a deer in headlights doing that at all shameless promotion whatever else so it's built into his dna not just those around him correct correct just uh, i think he just i don't know if he's married or not but as he uh, they have a kid now so he's trying to become something he's trying to be a family guy he's a christian i get and that's great you take the time off that's necessary for mental health 100 percent behind that yeah but and I think, isn't, isn't this, is this Mental Health Awareness Month? It's something. Uh, so he takes the time off. It's another month. Though. I'm, pretty sure it's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's that other month, too. Yeah. Uh, um, so he takes the time off. But you cannot then, from the sidelines, be the guy at the end of the basketball, uh, the bench, chirping at the guys on the court. You can't yeah. be that guy saying, you're going to sleep Devin Haney. Well, Listen. you had plenty of time to push the promoters to make that fight happen. Well, listen, here's all I have to say to um, Ryan Garcia when he said that is be prepared to expect Devin Haney or Tank Davis to come out and call you out for the same things we're calling you out for right now because they would be correct. I would 100% – and this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you, watch. This is what's going to happen is that Devin Haney – or Tank, are, gonna, are they going to send a tweet? Are they going to say something being like what we just said? Oh, it's really funny about mental health. Now you're talking smack on us. How about we knock you oh, out? They and they're going to probably make fun of his mental health a little bit. And I'm not going to blame him. You know what? I'm not because you opened yourself up to that. And you know what? what are, look that up because I didn't know that Devin Haney said something. Mm-hmm. So good for him. But what I'm saying is like it's all fair in love and war. You feel me? Like if you give it, if you give it, you better be prepared to receive it back. If you want to take a break and show your weakness, here's the deal, B Money. 
this type of anxiety and things that we all go through, we're all human. All of the guys previous before Garcia have went through this stuff. And you know what they did? They, they manned up, whether they buried it unhealthy or not, they got through it and they became who they are today. It made them stronger. You can't run from that. So <clears throat> let me give you the response because this is going back to June 1st, so about a week ago. Let's hear it. I didn't know this. Devin Haney, when he responded to Ryan Garcia. We're talking about saying, Twitter? Are you talking about Twitter? It's on Twitter. I love it. Devin Haney's official account, Real De- at Real Devin Haney. Uh, Ryan Garcia is the true definition of a coward. A few <sighs> weeks ago, he wanted sympathy because he was having, quote, unquote, mental health issues. This week, he talking SH apostrophe T, or uh, asterisk yeah, yeah, T. Yeah. I think that stands for a bad word. He's talking. Very bad word, kids. He's talking shite about me. It's funny now he came out after Javier Fortuna found another opponent. And if Luke Campbell dropped you, what would have Linares have done to you? That was his response. And, oh, there's more. And let's be real. You never but wanted, wait, there's more. No, wait, there's more. And let's be, let's be real. You never wanted to fight Linares. You ducked him like you ducked me. That would be Devin Haney's response. I don't know if there's been a, uh, a, a response from that. And really, Ryan Garcia has no... no to her no no platform to stand he doesn't, on he doesn't so but this goes into the all-encompassing point that we were trying to discuss earlier and maybe even the week before the week before that these big fights we as fans want to see them the culture of boxing wants to see them yep yet we're still talking about youtube guys coming in and taking the sport on their shoulders no we're talking about they're ruining it they ain't ruining it. I'm sorry, folks. Do I want to see it? No. I would rather see these guys fight. But let's be fair. They're keeping it as relevant as possible. Yes, there's millions of dollars in boxing. Yes, there's always, I mean, it does well. It's not dying like other people say. Not even close. But no. Yeah. But when you turn on ESPN, you're going to be talking about two things right now. And I hate ESPN. You're going to talk about NBA playoffs. Maybe three things. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the Paul brothers. Seriously, that's what we're talking about? It is what it is. I mean, listen, the Paul brothers are not ruining boxing. No. At all. Period. No, no. They're, if anything, they're not giving boxing, true boxing fans, love for the, the game. They're not. They're not. Period. They're not. But to be fair, I've said it multiple times. I don't personally know what's going on at Logan Paul's training camps and all that stuff. I just know from people that I trust very well that Logan Paul hasn't taken it as serious as other people. But, to be fair, he's taken it serious for the Mayweather fight. But as you know, because your son is training to box now as well, Mm -hmm. as you know, boxing doesn't happen in a training camp. No. Boxing happens in years, if not decades. Because it's one sport to where, I promise you, you don't learn in six months, eight months, ten months. You don't learn in a year. It is an experienced type of sport. So Mayweather's been boxing since he was like six years old. Logan Paul has been a huge fan his whole life, but he's been training for months. But it's so funny. Essentially. So we can travel. What's funny about this whole thing, and I don't know why people get so bent out of shape about this stuff. When you really sit back. Not as a boxing fan or an MMA fan or both or historical boxing fan. Just take a step back. We see these memes and these photos about, would you let Mike Tyson knock you out for uh, $10 million? 
Uh, yeah. If I'm in, if I'm eating out of a feeding tube for three weeks, I don't care because I have ten million dollars in the <laughs> yeah. bank. Pay the best doctor. You take you take a uh, freaking Logan Paul. He's gonna get paid probably how much out of this? Twenty. Who knows? Who knows? We don't Who know. Knows, dude? Because a, it'll be on pay per view. A ton to get worked over by probably the one of the best boxers of all time. You're gonna make that much money. You're gonna have those highlights, even though you're on the receiving end of it. Yeah, sign anyone up for that. Stop complaining, okay? If you're going to complain, just don't watch. It's happening. Jake Paul of the brothers, he takes it more seriously. He trains solidly all the time. His personality sucks, I get that. But he he trains hard, okay? There's no denying that. Will he ever be a a champ? Probably not. I mean, he has that stupid uh, triller belt that looked like it was made out of, uh, you can go to the dollar store and buy it. Man, that thing was like tin foil and pleather. That's when we knew Triller was going bankrupt. Good they lord! They can't even afford the belt. They can't afford a hundred dollar belt, two hundred dollar belt. I gave a better belt for my February contest of the Impact Challenge at CH Boxing Gym so, than they gave. My point is this: we Tied can try, boxing, and, and, and we could talk about this till we're blue in the face, which we maybe we do. They're not ruining boxing. It, it's bringing extra sets of eyeballs to it. Would we, do we want to see them? Do we want to only see YouTube guys boxing? Hell no. I want to see these main guys. But these main guys aren't doing it. These promoters aren't doing it. There you go. These guys promoters. are ducking each other. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, you can't do that without people saying, hey, what the hell? Fans saying, what the hell? You can't be ducking these guys and not actually bringing it. What do you say? You usually say bring it or? No, 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 no. Uh, bring it, don't sing it. Yeah, bring it, bring don't it, s- don't sing it. Yeah, stop talking, start fighting. All these guys are talking and then blaming a promoter or blaming this or that. Just shut up and fight. You know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go one step further from all of this. I'm gonna tell you guys most, and this is what I love. I love about having. I've been professional for over 16 years, almost 17 years now. So I love it when people talk about, they're like, how do you feel, Travis, as a boxer? Because they're like, we hate it. We think it's ruining boxing. How do you feel as a boxer? I'm like, it's not ruining boxing. I'm going to go one step further, though. I'm going to tell everybody right now. I think the YouTubers, they're making boxing great again. Because. (laughs) Because, though. I'm going to say this. Because what you just said is a great point. I think boxing YouTubers are making boxing great again because they're challenging these promoters to guess what start fighting the best because we're going to take off we're going to take away all your audience yep. we're going to take away all your pay-per-view sales yep. because we're going to do these sideshow circuses until you mother effers step up yep. and start making these fights because I'm going to tell you right now I don't ever hear I don't ever hear boxers blame promoters I don't most of the time I don't I've never heard Terence Crawford say it's Bob Arum's fault even though if he did say that, I would agree with him. But I never hear him say that. You know what I do hear? I hear Bob Arum blaming Terrence yeah, Crawford. Interesting. I hear promoters blaming fighters. But, you know, I don't ever genuinely hear boxers saying, it's just promoters' fault is why I'm not fighting the best. You don't. Okay? Promoters and television networks have the ultimate control in They're in bed together. They've they been, are. For decades they have been. And that's, that's the ugly truth when it comes to boxing and combat sports. You want the ugly truth? Come to weighing in with Travis Hartman. Boom. Or you just get a bunch of ugly. I mean, thankfully today the boom mics are this in front of our face. Though. This guy's really pretty. The beard is like, I literally have a bromance 
with B money. Well, I appreciate that. So, you know, that being said on the bromance, we're going to cut this thing off here. The episode. <sighs> episode 49. We're putting it. It's in the books. We're going to put a ribbon on this thing. Okay. okay. I was thinking worse. I'm not. No, I'm not uh, John Bobbitt. Oh, Does my anyone God. remember that? Yes, Lorena Bobbitt. I, I do remember that. I was I a mean, kid. Yeah. But I remember I don't know about the YouTube kids that watch us on the YouTube. I don't know. YouTube kids, do not look up. Lorena Bobbitt. No, Because no. you'll freak out. And when you look up this podcast, make sure you type in the whole word, Wayne and with Travis Hartman. There's, there's multiple words there. Okay, not just half of that. The whole thing is our podcast, Wayne and with Travis Hartman. Thank you to our media po- uh, partners, TH Boxing, Gulfstream Financial, IF Enterprises. We always thank you. Thank you so much. Our friends at Bang Energy. Before we go, we're going to talk about this, actually. Glad you pointed that out. Be money. We are drinking Bridge and Main American Wheat Bourbon Whiskey finished with toasted white oak. And we've had about eh, about half of this thing, so we're not drinking a ton of it. It Holy is out of wow, It's out of Cleveland, Ohio. That's interesting. Okay, so Bridge and Main American Wheat Bourbon Whiskey. I heard there. good things about this is why I got it because it's a very smooth drink, I think. Hmm? So, you want me to rate this cuz I'll rate it first. I'm cool with the rating. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Let's do this. So we're going out of ten boxing gloves. If you follow us or you followed our content for the past almost a year, we're on episode forty-nine, almost a year. We, uh, there, we try, by the way, if you don't know, there's fifty-two weeks in a year. There, Sorry. there are fifty-two. Uh, we try to drink a new bourbon every week. We haven't succeeded necessarily because sometimes we're out of town doing this or that. But we've done for most of these episodes a different bourbon, rye, yep. or whiskey. Uh, so this is Bridge and Main out of uh, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. And we give it uh, a rating of zero to ten boxing gloves. Give me a give me a little uh, a couple comments about it, and then give me your ranking. I'm gonna rate it higher than normal because it's very smooth, mm. and I'm very buzzed right now because I like it. It's very good. It really is. I'm a lightweight too, though. And I don't know about that, but yeah. But I I actually I really liked it. I thought it was very smooth and wasn't had like a big bite to it. Mm-hmm. And as you know, if you watch our podcast enough, which you should subscribe, I'm giving it a seven. Oh, okay. Point zero. It's giving me a seven. Okay. Um, wasn't which is pretty high for, for me. We yeah. don't usually rate them anything in like the high sixes where like is really good. I'm giving it a seven point zero. Okay. Um, give me a second. B money is sipping and smelling and tasting. The oaky smell. So I get the oak. It's it is very smooth uh, for something that has an oaky finish, and it's not overpowering either. But it's very smooth. Um, not a lot of aftertaste. Not a lot of a bite to it. So it's very good. Seven uh, O is a little high for me because I'm just a you know I'll give it a bit of six point eight. So we average like to it. six point nine. <laughs> I'm going to secretly say that you did that on purpose. Nice. And I will agree with it. Nice. Um, so that's Bridge and Main. We're going to give it 6.9 boxing gloves on the, uh, on the boxing Richter scale. Uh, so anyways, that is the bourbon uh, ranking for the night. We're going to now officially wrap this up. I'm going to give final thoughts over to you, Weekend Trev. <clears throat> I almost said something really bad. Um, again, I'll, I'll just reiterate. Still PG-13. I know, and I about said something really like funny but bad. 
But I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate that I don't think that YouTubers are ruining boxing. I don't. I'm just, as a professional boxer, and I've been in the sport literally 30 years, in boxing, 30 years, it's not YouTubers that are ruining the sport. It's, it's professional boxing promoters like Bob Arum, who are 80-plus years old. The game has passed you by. Take a walk. I appreciate you, Bob Arum, and I appreciate what you've given to our sport. I really do. I mean that from the bottom of my heart because I have paychecks that have been signed by Bob Arum. I have, I have W-2s that I've, like, at the end of the year, have been signed by Bob Arum. So I do appreciate what he's done for the sport. This guy promoted Muhammad Ali, okay? He's been around. The sport has passed you by, okay? People are wanting different things. Mm. And if you can't see the writing on the wall that YouTubers now are getting more views than normal boxing matches that actually matter, you need to take a walk. Walk it off. That's what I want to tell Bob Aram. Bob, Walk it off. I want to say, Bob, walk it off, bro. Because I don't want to be negative to him. Because I do. He's a, he's a matriarch. I don't even know if that's, that's a word for a woman, but I don't know what the word is for a man. But a patriarch. He, patriarch. He's a patriarch. Okay, because he did. He did a lot of great stuff for boxing. But if I had Bob Arum in front of me, like you're right here, I'd say, Bob, thank you for what you've done. You've done amazing things. But walk it off. Walk it off. Walk, walk it, it off, off. B. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think, um, I think the guys like Eddie Hearn are starting to understand. They get it. He's younger and he's a little more with it. But who knows? The landscape will change quite a bit over the next uh, couple of years, I think, and maybe even shorter term, a uh, couple of months. So thank you for your final thoughts. My final thoughts here are, once again, 77th anniversary of D-Day uh, is, tonight, is today, and just amazing to think that, I mean, far too often we don't think about our history, and we're too stuck on current events and thinking that our world is imploding when it's not really imploding. It's not even close to a, a what was a significant world war that the whole world was literally imploding. Amazing to think that that this is Crazy. this is where it was, and now we're complaining about you know when our internet's out for five minutes. It's just a weird world we can travel. So uh, once again, 77th anniversary of D-Day. Never forget those things, folks. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go onto your search engine of choice and look it up, and you'll see pictures and articles and whatnot. It's hard to falsify that truth of what transpired then. Now, fast forward a few years, it'll be a lot easier because those guys will all be passed away. But thank you so much to any of those that are still alive and probably listening to us because, you know, I think that's one of our, our demographics is um, uh, war vets. I do. I appreciate you guys. War vets. So we've already thanked our media partners. We thanked, you know, Bang Energy for keeping me alive tonight. Uh, Weekend Trav, I think that's it, right? Episode 49 in the books. Boxing, it's cheaper than therapy. Cheaper than therapy. Um, we're going to film some stuff, I think, this weekend, possibly, uh, as a good friend of the, of the podcast, Brian Price, turns 65. Dios mio. So we'll get into that next week. But for now, Weekend Trav, we are going to officially put the bow on this. That there is Weekend Trav. That there is B-Money, a.k.a. producer, a.k.a. The brains behind the operation. Ooh, and that is why we struggle. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless.